welcome to episode 5 of Chitu Chatu. We're your hosts, Ashok Kondabolu and Julianne Escobedo Shepard. Today we're here with web sensation Matthew Trammell, one of music writing's brightest young stars, as well as a senior at NYU studying media, media and communications. He's written for Rolling Stone, Wax Poetics, and others, always cozy in his signature style, profound, precise, and full of light. Chia, chia. Born and raised in Flatbush, Brooklyn, New York, Matthew is NYC to the very max, and is the present and future of the borough, as well as your HTTP connection. Matthew, welcome. God damn, that was good. <laughs> that was real good. We're just Thank trying you. to be honest out here. Thank I like you. Flatbush, Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> in case, in case you are confused. You right? Thank you guys for I having mean, me. Very yeah. much. Thank you. Thank you for coming. So, when did you decide you wanted to start writing? Um, it was actually, I mean, I've, I've always been writing. My mother is a writer, uh, so I probably like inherited that from her or whatever. And um, even like when I was like, little I was like writing poems and like then writing for like school newspapers all that stuff um writing about music probably I think my my like freshman year of college really which is kind of crazy I was like I always knew that I wanted to write but like I never wanted to do music stuff because I felt like there was like a million kids trying to do music stuff and I had a real pessimistic view of it or whatever but I sort of like had like a one day I woke up and was just like I'm not gonna be happy doing shit else so you know what I mean I gotta try to do it so Basically, like, yeah, from there on, I'll probably say this must have been around, like, 2008, 2009 or whatever. Um, started a blog and, like, just went from there, basically. What kind of writing did you think that you wanted to do before that? Um, I was, like, doing film stuff for a long time, which is, like, kind of weird to think about now. I was, uh, <clears throat> like, I applied to, like, a bunch of film schools and, like, made, like, for, like, my senior thesis in high school, made, like, a 30-minute film. And like was doing all that. Was That's like pretty cool. What getting was into it. it was like a, it was like a, <laughs> it was a satire of the school itself. It was sort of like we set out to make like a Seinfeld, The Office esque kind of comedy. And of course, like every eighteen year old thinks that they could do that. And shit. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, but um, but nah, yeah, like I was really heavy into that, and like sort of thought that that was gonna be like the medium in which I could like make sense of all these different ideas that I was having and stuff. But music was always like sort of artistically like the passion that I had. Like so, you know, it when I finally like put those two together, it kinda like I've never mentioned this before, but I'm a bit of a, a music writer myself. Uh, <laughs> oh my and god. When I was in Stuyvesant, I, I wrote for the Spectator and I and I wrote music reviews. Really? Yeah. What, what's some of the stuff that you reviewed? Uh, Kenneth Cobain, I very flatteringly wrote about proportions of which plagiarized from some underground <laughs> hip hop forum, and I wrote. What in, if it was plagiarized from me from my uh, review? Yeah, that's the Cobain. Meta. Oh wow, then, that would've been really crazy, right? And we were meant to be. Uh, then uh, and then I wrote a. Uh, I don't. I don't know what that would be. It would be that somebody reposted something you wrote in a underground hip hop forum, or you were. In the underground hip hop forum, both of which are sad. Impossible. Impossible. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then one thing that I think I saw, uh, I found in some archive of the Spectator and was trying to debate whether I should contact them and be like, I would like you to remove this, was a, some heavily plagiarized review of some Dave Abbey's album that they assigned me wow. that wasn't unflattering. And it was poorly written. I didn't mind that it was poorly I didn't mind that it was poorly I definitely did not. I didn't mind that it was poorly written. I like that song, Hans Rushing. I did mind that I it wasn't unflattering and that that could be traced back to me. Uh, wow! So I'm in league with you guys. I think. I, I know. I know. Yeah, what totally. I know what you're saying. What was the first thing that you ever reviewed? Do you remember? Um. Wow. Or show or album or anything. Wow. Um. Maybe. See, this is so weird because like I'm so like young and shit, and I know that like. It's, it's always, like, whenever I have to, like, chronologically, like, own certain things musically, it, like, dates me very much. But I think, weirdly, one of the first things that I interviewed, that like, one of that, that I reviewed that was published somewhere was for, like, my school newspaper in high school. And it was Lupe Fiasco's The Cool, which is, like, just <laughs> happened the other day. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Which is really weird. But, like, but, yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty good. And, yeah. <laughs> Honey, I think you're dating us. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah so that was, uh, yeah, shouts to Lupe. What's That's one of the first shows uh, that, that you went to? Did you go to shows much in high school? Oh, I mean, I that, that I definitely don't know because my, like, 
my parents are really, really, really into music, so I've been going to shows and like, oh, stuff that's like so that. Cool. Like, my whole what? life. What kind of shit? It was probably like. I swear, like, I mean, like, they do concerts in the park every summer and shit, and we would just right. always go. So it was probably, like, I don't know, like... Jimmy Cliff or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so, someone who was popular in, like, the <laughs> mid-90s that yeah. my parents brought their, like, child to. Right. That they probably shouldn't have. But, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, um... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, could, I really couldn't say. Uh... I remember we were talking to Nick about like music venues and show going in general. And when I was in high school, there wasn't there wasn't as much of an all ages scene or like these weird small venues like right. Death by Audio and stuff like that. So occasionally, I would spend like fifty or twenty dollars to go see you know whatever band I liked at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the one of, uh, one day there was an MTV Two had some sort of these two dollar concerts or something like that, and there were these huge lines, and Radiohead was doing one. So there was this giant line, and I think they were selling tickets at the Beacon Theater, so the line was somewhere in the Upper West Side, and many, many thousands of people, starting from like 5 p.m., stayed overnight to get tickets. So it's this crazy thing where um, me, Mike Finito, Hema, Dash, uh, who were the two of two producers uh, for us, and our old friends, and Hema and me, waited overnight. Uh, and this giant line, and people were smoking weed and drinking to get these Radiohead tickets. And then the lines just slowly moved, and you know, there's so many people, and you couldn't see the end of the line. So you, you let people cut, and there was no clear, like, sense right. of, like, you know, your place in the line. You know, it seems ridiculous in a many thousand person line to not let someone cut you. So, we're, you know, finally we're moving along, and it's the next morning, sometime at like 7, 8 a.m., and there's only a certain number of tickets. And I was the second to last person. I didn't get a ticket. Oh, Hema and Mike did. There was just two people somewhere in this many hour process got ahead of me and I didn't get the ticket. That's why you don't let anyone cut, bro. Yeah, yeah I mean, so I'm now, yeah. That. Well, that's why you don't wait in line for shit. Whether it's a club or, or some crazy exactly, concert, yeah. fuck a line. No, he was sold his tickets like that fucking asshole. What he was sold his ticket for 200 bucks at Craigslist and Mike went. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, do they have a lot of shows at the Beacon Theater? I remember at least one show I've seen there, which was the first rap show they had had there in a very, very long time. And then I think, did Lil Wayne have his yeah. infamous... Lil Wayne had so I've seen two rap shows at the Beacon Theater, yeah. and both were fairly... I, I didn't want to spend money, but a lot of my friends in Hema went, and that was the show where he got arrested he and got, gun yeah. charges and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think they were gun and weed charges. The classic combo. Yeah. Gun and weed. The, so the first Beacon Theater show I saw there was the first was um, it was Fat Joe and Cameron. Wow! And Fat Joe, uh, it was, was it was like oh four like lean summer uh, of lean back. Right, right, right. The, that magic summer, yeah. Scott yeah. Stork sniffing up a storm in the prime of his career. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Um, and so I was like super excited and it was like a really crazy, like, oh my God, like I just moved to New York, like not that long ago, really like two months before or something. And I was so fucking psyched. And, um, you know, I get there mad early because I'm like, yeah, I'm from Portland. Like, um, I have to be there mad early and it's going to start on time. Like mad different. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) No, whatever. I was just like. then I met you Um, and so you know it's supposed to start at like 8 or something nothing happens till like 9.30 and then opener unannounced whatever unannounced opener Benzino (laughs) oh no Raymond Scott baby Um, I'm not going to say anymore because he might be out there listening, but... He always is. It was not good. What up, Benzino? (laughs) What up, Benzino? (laughs) Benzino's Uh, actually co-owns this this, uh, podcast. We're going to positively review all his albums at the end of each of the podcasts from now on. Yeah. His mixtapes. He's like, we're giving him like 22 mics. Um... (laughs) Yeah, so that was bad, and then, but then, like, Fat Joe and Cameron played, and, oh, 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 that was when Opera Steve, the one and only time that I think Opera Steve actually appeared in public. Wow. Um, you know who Opera Steve? What? Opera what Steve. That? Okay. 
I was looking at I was looking at Matthew. You know it. You know, like Killer Yeah, that's like. Oh, that's the guy. He used to do like Hot ninety seven appearances and shit. Like he'd be like, he'd do like the news in the morning after those songs came out. So that 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 guy. I've never seen him before ever. He was like, he comes out and he's like. Maybe like Middle Eastern, Indian, I'm not quite sure. Wow. He comes out and yeah, he's got long, like really like down his back, silken. Like, <laughs> like kinda, yeah, like silken, like gorgeous fucking like glimmering Vidal Sassoon hair. And right. he's wearing like a really, really OD suit. And I can't remember what color it was, but I remember it was like fairly outlandish because obviously wow. he's like with yeah. Dipset in 2004. And his name is Opera Steve. And it was literally one of the most awesome rap concert moments ever when he came out and he did that song and like he fucking belted it. Like that wow. dude probably wow. only did one cut. <laughs> and then no one ever saw him again. First take, right? Yeah, it was like first take. <laughs> And no one ever saw again. And then he flew through the roof <laughs> and then he like, to a hair appointment <laughs> in the sky. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! My friend saw Cam at uh, the Apollo not long ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was a, a year or two. Ago. I, I just had a recent uh, a great Cameron experience. I went to see Cam at Brown University for spring weekend. And yes, that oh, happened yeah. this spring. <laughs> yes, the face that the faces that I'm getting right now, internet. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. This was this was really awesome. Like my boy hit me up. Like shout out my boy Sam Rosen. He hit me up like, yo, Cameron Brown spring weekend and everything else that was gonna happen that weekend stopped. <laughs> and I got on the bus and we were out and it was like there were girl there were like sorority girls wearing tank tops that said hey ma, and yes. like the whole campus like it was like an event right. and Cam was like of course like two hours late and everyone was just like there was just so much weed in the air and like he's like and he finally comes out and he's like yo I'm, I'm you know i'm coming out there you know i gotta hit that oh i smell it in the air it's smelling too good out there for me to not come down and then he did like three songs yeah and that was it oh <laughs> and like no one saw cam again like, incredible wow, that was like, but it was really like there was no you know what i mean like after like i've been going to rap shows in new york for like this like for so long and you know what i mean just to get that raw like campus ivy league rapper like all of that <laughs> shit just happened in one place it was just like yes this is what it this is what it's about yeah this that's is what amazing. we're here for yeah cam was, actually was i did not play... i didn't get a hey my tank top i wanted one but i didn't get one <laughs> Cam was gonna play. Please, please. He's gonna play the Wesleyan Spring Fling, um, and like he and a bunch of people went to Wesleyan. They still go back for the you know because they had friends who were younger, and they ended up not letting him play because the police department, I think it was, or like some town board or something, didn't want to bring like that element into the school, Mm. and they didn't allow him to play. And I forget, Mm -hmm. I'm forgetting a really key thing here, but. His, I forget, he was replaced by like some really corny and bad rap group that was the opposite of Cam Rock. I was so disappointed in no one. Oh my way. god, that's yeah. so sad. So, wait, does Cameron have like a secret career where he's just like touring colleges on the low? Well, I mean, I think honestly, like a lot of these rappers like mm-hmm. are sort of like you know. We don't, like, I feel like the college circuit is, like, I don't know if it's, like, laughed at or if it's sort of whatever, but, like, they're still, like, cutting checks and not a lot of people, you know what I, I mean? mean? Like, I saw, I saw Mims at, I saw Mims at MIT, and, you know what I mean? This like, this is just experiences awesome. that you can't have right. anywhere else right. at any other time so in your good. life, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. It was a Halloween He was studying at MIT. So was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was in and a he lab. Was, <laughs> he was doing, like, other people's records, like, he did, like... I think he did like a 50 song or something. Yeah. It was just like, what is, and this was like the, like, this is why I'm, this is when that was Yeah, all I was going to say, is that right? Everyone like, was dressed up. It he was re- just like. He recreated the longevity of his career. <laughs> yeah, he did a TED talk <laughs> at MIT about, yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah, I mean, like college shows, just like, you can't. They're the best because um, the huge checks, no press is involved. Right. And they're closed to the general right, public. Right, so you right. go there, you do and a fucking terrible job. That are just kids are drunk. That yeah. you're, you're even there. They're right? amped. And they're like, yeah. come back to the friends. So we yep. yes, yep. whatever. Uh, you do, your, you do your, your set. It, it, sometimes it's not so great. But the energy is just so high. And they're just so gassed that you just say the name of the school. And like, <sighs> yeah. And then you go back to your little shitty, like, motel, like, you know, off campus. Or the little, like, 
Dartmouth Inn, and you like <laughs> watch TV. <laughs> I, I missed Das Racist at NYU, but I oh heard, man, I heard mixed reviews about it the was shows. That it was a bad show. Uh, we did a whatever job, not a great job, but it, it was not the worst job. Very low turnout and very and yeah. it was very. Uh, I guess I, I, I don't was know. that like a spring th- flame thing? It was like it was a something. weird specific. It I was remember. a small black in us. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I, I was there. You were there. It was I was super there. Eventful. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty boring. Remember, actually. it was half full and bo- it was boring. This, that it was. sounds like an NYU event. Yeah. <laughs> half full and boring. Yeah. No, 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 no shot at NYU, but just go do fun shit in the city. Why are you gonna go see that racist in college campus? Yeah. yeah. But um, I remember I saw Battles a couple years ago. That band Battles, the math rock band. It was a, it was an incredible show. Yeah, I was at that time. I was very obsessed. I think it was two thousand eight, and. Uh, a lot of kids were there, and um, they were just watching, and we were so into the band at the time, we were very moshy, elbow-throwy, and they stopped the show at one point, and we were chastised, and kids were very, very angry, and it's like, what, you kids are younger than us, and, and I, yeah, I'm in like my mid-20s, and you're 18, you should be hitting me in the face with parts of your body. Yeah. That's my uh, my favorite and my concert going to face, and my only one. <laughs> Do you guys think that Mims, and bear with me, but do you think that Mims might have been like a proto-ASAP Rocky? Whoa. Because here's Whoa. the thing, and I have to, like, all right, I have to give Lex credit. Long, yeah. <laughs> yes, sure. Yeah. I have to give credit to um, Damien Scott, who I used to work with at Vibe, who now works at Complex. But I remember when we worked together at Vibe, this is like around 05, 06, or whenever. Whenever Mims was hot. Heh. <laughs> Um, sorry, that was so stupid. But that was so stupid. But, um, I remember he, like, went to interview Mims at, like, the Blue Water Grill at the W in, like, Times Square. I don't remember why I remember that, but I think it was was just really funny. And I remember he came back, and he was, like, really juiced. And he was like, yo, like, Mims is, like, the most quintessential New York rapper. Because he was, like, kind of being, like obliterating regionalism before hmm. regionalism was actually obliterated mm. or ba- basically around the same time as it was mm. I don't know well it's interesting that you bring that up because I I actually bought Mims' debut album Music Is My Savior which is which is what Mims is an acronym right. for yeah. um, as a joke <laughs> I, you know what I mean like because I, like, I do that <laughs> buy things I don't think that I'd actually enjoy just to hear because it's funny but um, but yeah and I, I listened to the whole thing and there were like a few joints on there where I was like oh shit like underneath the like foolishness of this single like, <laughs> yeah. he, there was a real there was a really like marked like 50 cent impression like and like influence that was like obvious like he had songs yeah. that sounded like 50 wrote them for him and he is one of the first I went like you know or one of like the biggest examples of like post regional New York whatever like yeah with like the southern draw and like whatever whatever so it's like it's a, it's an interesting point that you make like and i always thought that the the this is why i'm hot remix that uh you know with the reggae remix or whatever was mm-hmm. like one of the most brilliant i don't know whose idea it was i don't know who but it's like he literally got like six more months out of that record <laughs> just off of like you know like a roster showing up and like going <laughs> in you know yeah. what i mean like and, and that was like just, just see, seeing that all play out, and then knowing quietly, like also, like this dude kind of has bars, but like isn't even letting himself have bars because yeah. he's, you know what I mean. Right. Like, he's he's interesting. History has forgotten him. I think yeah. he deserves to be revisited in some way. Yeah, right. I agree. You know, <laughs> I agree. What is Mims doing right now? I would love to know. Yeah. I would be supportive. Hopefully, he's an A and R. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> he signed Riff Raff. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Yo, mad quick though, actually, about Riff Rap. I, I, I think I know the least about Riff Rap of all, of all the people that I know. So he's a so he's in a soldier soldier boys group or whatever. Like click <laughs> is that what S O D M G is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stacks on deck, money, money gang. gang yeah. yeah, which is the coolest name. Actually. Yeah. But uh, what is is he like mixed race or something? I don't know anything about him, but I've seen him a few times, yeah. and I'm like, I don't know what to think. Is he a white guy or a light skinned black dude or a mixed race person? And where is he from? I'm pretty sure he's white. Yeah, I think he's like straight white. I've heard a lot of loose, sort of non connected facts about. I've heard like from G's to Gents. I've heard like there's like a film now where he's being portrayed. 
That's like, what like I James said. Franco. Like, yeah, like yeah. there's like I don't you know what I mean, but I have you're right, I have maybe we they, I haven't gotten the full riffraff right. narrative. Right. And haven't really been too eager to dig in. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't, I don't wanna shit, right? I don't wanna deal with those. <laughs> I've heard so, I've heard some songs and I don't give a shit. But I I will. certainly don't care about this music. <laughs> Yo, he <laughs> has some funny ass bars though. Uh, I will. wrist look like a blank disc. Uh, oh, there's like there's a few a few little ones. That's funny. Of his, 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 I mean, it, his, his tweeting is pretty funny. Some of it is really clever, uh, or something. Which is also in 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 today's rap game like a viable like absolutely component right. to how good yeah. a rapper you are is like how good um, you are on Twitter. Can I though? Can I um, say that actually James Franco dispelled the rumors that Riff Raff was being portrayed by him. He he like I think it was in GQ. Someone like ran up to James Franco at a party working for GQ and was like, hey, we have to ask you these questions. What about Riff Raff for this? Because like, he looks like Riff Raff. If you look at the press photos for mm-hmm. the, the film that he's doing, mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called. But, but he really has like a long white rose and like fronts. But also, oh, you how mean many the character dudes... that James Franco's playing? Yeah. So this is coincidental. It's not coincidental. Like, James Franco was like, yes, like, we we looked at photos of him, but we looked at photos of a lot of people. Also, like, you could say that James Franco is portraying Vanilla Ice in the reggae years. Like, a lot, there's oh, a lot. But doesn't he also, back. but Riff Raff has that weird chin strap beard thing that's like Oh, yeah, strap. totally true. And I'm not, wasn't that in, didn't James Franco have that in those photos? Like, oh, like, I don't remember that part. Maybe, maybe, yes. maybe not, maybe not. But I feel like that's like a hell of a coincidence right. if it's like. You well, know. the whole point though is just just that James Franco. Maybe he looks like him. The character, the character. <laughs> no, like Riff Raff. Like they didn't consult. It's like it's not like maybe it's visually based on him, but it's not the. This is so funny. Yeah. This is so stupid. <laughs> I know, like James Franco. Like, zoning right so hard right now. Oh my like, god. Understanding. I feel like I just crawled into the internet's asshole. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you grew up in Flatbush. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yes, I did. Um, I was. Uh, born and raised in the heavily West Indian community, Flatbush, Brooklyn. My dad uh, immigrated from Jamaica when he was 19, uh, following my grandmother who came looking for work and a better life and all that classic story or whatever, whatever. And um, and yeah, I've lived there pretty much my whole life. Where is Flatbush? What neighborhoods is it next to? It's like, it's, it's, it's like sort of like dead center of Brooklyn. Uh-huh. So it's like Prospect Park, like... Uh, Q train like runs right through it. Two uh-huh. and five run right it's through next it. It's to like, like a prospect. It's basically it's like beneath bedside. It's to the right. Under yeah. like ne- under like now at Crown Heights. So where are you? Yeah, where exactly, are you get exactly. out? Yeah, Crown right. Heights feeds into Eastern it. Eastern yeah, Parkways. Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, yep, 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 all that shit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I don't getting, think I'm getting more and more famous by the day. Yeah. But um, but yeah. Janik is from Flatbush, right? Yeah, she is. Yeah, that's cool. I don't think I've really ever been there. And, um, it's not really a place you would go unless you live there. It's well, kind of I mean, where Jizzle lives. Okay, by <laughs> the other side of Prospect Park. Right. Yeah, like yeah. off the Yep, yep, okay. exactly, exactly, yeah. So, I mean, uh-huh. for a long time, it was very much like the other side of Prospect Park. There was like downtown Brooklyn, Park Slope, and like all that, you know what I mean? Atlantic Mall, whatever, whatever, and people sort of were like vaguely familiar with over there, and then like, if you sort of keep going, like Flatbush is just like this West Indian neighborhood that like you right. said, you wouldn't really go to unless you lived there. But now, you know, obviously Brooklyn is like changing a lot and there's like a yeah. lot of, there's a, a sort of influx of a lot, you know, the stadium is going up and that is sort of changing everything down the whole yeah. avenue and shit. So like, it's, like, it's an interesting gonna, time. Even that, that far down? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually going to ask you about that. So as like a born and raised in Brooklyn, Flatbush, like because it's changing, because the stadium's changing everything, like... Yeah. How do you feel about it? I mean, are you excited for the nuts? Like, do you, are you well, conflicted? Yeah. Like, what? There's like, I mean, there's, it's like, there's a bunch. I think in general, um, there's a sort of like, it feels very ominous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like every day you sort of like walk by it and it becomes more real and you see like more of the actual, because for so long it was just this big hole where there's this construction thing and people like, Jay-Z has a basketball team, whatever. hard to get angry at a hole. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? It seems so just ridiculous that you didn't really have to reckon with it. And then, like, the other day, I was in the barbershop, and my barber had, like, a Brooklyn Nets fitted, and it's just like, oh, Whoa, shit. Whoa, already? They're selling right. real thing. Yeah, yeah, they just dropped, like, last week, and, like, the whole hood has them already, obviously. They look really cool. But, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it shit looks dope. But it's just, like, it's very much, like, it feels like it feels like a victory that you don't really want to celebrate yet because you're like, yeah. I don't know what's about to happen. Yeah. 
you know? And like, I really, I had like a really crazy experience yesterday, actually. Like, obviously like the gentrification of Brooklyn story is at this point a very like old story. Like mm. it's something that's been told over the past few years over and over. But like, I was, uh, I was walking home from, I was getting off the train right at Prospect Park, w- walking down Lincoln Road. And um, like on one side of the street, there's like all apartment buildings, like a huge apartment complex. There's a bunch of people outside. This was like, it was crazy hot last night. People outside playing dominoes, like someone's blasting like Best of Me by Maya and Jay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just quintessential. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like a snapshot of like hood New York in like, the summer yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and then like on the other side of the street is like the Lincoln Park Tavern that just opened up like a few years <laughs> ago. And there's like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, and it was like really just like walking down the street. like, And I have like this really weird perspective because... I grew up out here and then now I go to NYU. So I sort of like know kids on both sides of the yeah. street. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, it's really weird to see this all happening like at this time and sort of like living it in this unique, like dualistic kind of way. You yeah. Know? But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll root for the Nets. Yeah. I was like, I was talking to, uh, do you know Shiv? Uh, yeah. Shiv? Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. Sure. yeah. So I was talking, and he's from Jersey. And he's like, I, I didn't even, I, I didn't consider that Jersey fans were losing a team. So like, I was yeah. just like, oh, we're whatever, Brooklyn yeah. has a team yeah, now, yeah, that's yeah. cool. And he was like, yo, that shit is whack. Like, I was a Nets fan and now I don't have any. I was like, wow, I didn't even consider yeah. that. Like, <laughs> that sucks. I'm sorry about that. But like, you know, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's really weird. I have this thing with basketball where I, I will like consistently root for the underdog. Like, mm. So if the Nets suck, I'm gonna be all about that's them nice. probably. That's yeah. Cool. Although, that although, well, no. I mean, I definitely like when Amari Stoudemire started like fucking like going out of control. I was like, yes, mix. You know, that's nah, all basically. Nice. <laughs> I went on a really crazy rant in caps lock the other day. I started with that dude Zachary Mexico, and it started about. Uh, how I read an article about how 7-Eleven is trying to take over bodegas. And right, right, right. Like, that, that, yeah, that, that is shit was really fucked. crazy. Yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't fucking blow my bugged, brains man. out. I mean, it's going to be a while, but it, it, it's little stuff, man. It's like, it's not about like their full takeover. It's like when you start walking around downtown or wherever you are and you start seeing a few of them. It's so like there's a new Seven Eleven right by Santos in Chinatown. Yeah, 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 yeah. They yep, yep, they yep, just yep, don't yep, look yep. right, and yep. it, it, it feels just, gross. Yeah, it's a yeah. dissonance and shit. Like just, it, that's how it starts, and like you know, it's not like the fucking bodega here, East Williamsburg, whatever is gonna change into a Seven Eleven anytime soon. But like you know, it's just seeing more of them. And then the rant went on to how I was talking about how, like. Uh, uh, some weird grievance I had where Jay-Z owns less than 1% of the Nets, whatever. It's some $4 million worth. That's not really the point. The point is how uh, they're, tr- you know, the the whole Atlantic Yards project is much more than the Nets. It's all these, they yeah. displace yeah, yeah, people yeah. and build yep. housing and all this other trash. And it's always under job, job, job creation. And I was like, but they're trotting out this less than 1% owner of, of this team, like the Russian guy who owns it, and like Marty Markowitz, who's are, like running for president in right, Russia, <laughs> right? And they're bringing they're bringing Ajay, and they're like having him pretend, not pretend, but perform, perform kind of, and be and like act like, and everything's like, oh, he owns the Nets, and no, he doesn't, and he's like, and he's kind of advocating for this like mm-hmm. giant project for mm-hmm. fucking Bruce Radner. Mm-hmm. And like I mean, selling and then I said like selling popcorn seasonally for minimum wage isn't job creation. Yeah, it's yeah. selling popcorn. Yeah, for right, five, right, six, seven right, dollars. right. And like I just you know, and I mean I think that like the the most frightening part about it is that people, I think people who have like been born and raised in like these neighborhoods like don't have an immediate sense of what it's like when something that large is all of a sudden, like, there. You know what I mean? Like, this is literally the equivalent of, like, if the garden were, like, dropped into, mm-hmm. like, a neighborhood in an outer borough and was right. just like, well, let's just see what happens. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's never, yeah. ever, ever, ever going to look like what it looked well, like ever, in the yeah. past, like, 30 years or so. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and it's really sort of, like... And I this think, isn't, like, a decades-long process of, yeah, people, of like, yeah. people rehabbing brownstones yeah. and the first Thai restaurant popping up. This is like right, right, boom, right, right, forty thousand right. people, right, right, people right, right, coming right, in every right, day. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's and it's like every day it sort of like gets more real as like It's weird for know. me because I mean I'm from Queens and I never spent that much time in that part of Brooklyn, but when she lived in Borham Hill, I started going to that area more. And you know, I I knew like, you know, that whole I knew what it was, but I didn't spend much time there day in, day out and I started to really dig it and walk and walk like every day for miles. 
And this is when it was still a hole. And as I lived, like, for that year and a half or whatever that I started coming to it, that was really when they started picking up, like, the mm-hmm. pace and developing it. And I had this really sad feeling that, like, this is, like, the only time that it's ever going to be like this. And then, mm. when I, and then I'm going to move away from here and it'll never be there again. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I was, like, it's, you know, I, I definitely, I completely get that. It's, like, there's a there's this sort of, like, romanticized feeling about like just neighborhoods that are just quietly neighborhoods yeah not really like right. fucked like, with that whole like, area there's outside, like nothing you know there I mean? yeah exactly it's just like families yeah. and kids yeah. and like you yeah. know what i mean little store and that's just what it is but i it's like it's it's also crazy like i had a conversation with my dad afterwards after like coming in from that walk and just like asking him his thoughts of it. and he's lived there he's he's you know lived in flappish since like late 70s early 80s or whatever yeah. and mm. His perspective as like a recently retired like working class like immigrant was like I completely welcome it because right. like the neighborhood's getting better and it's getting safer and right. it's getting right. cleaner and much less like, romanticization. Yeah, like yeah, right. Nice. He's like, you know, like this could look like East New York, this could look like Brownsville, and it doesn't because these things are happening. So there's like there's no argument against it. Right. And then right. once you know, once you have your dad say that to you, it's like, nah, but like, what about like, you know, <laughs> like I want to be able to get like roti and da da da. It's for the better. You know? yeah. so it's really, it's, just, it's such a That's delicate bad, thing with so many different perspectives. You yeah, know yeah. I mean? Like, it's really crazy. Yeah, I mean, I was driving down Flatbush actually to her house one day while I was driving out there. Uh, I was just. I have to pause for a second. This is weird, just being like an Indian. Your, your an Indian parents kid. were driving. My dad was just driving me to my non-Indian girlfriend's house. I was like, damn, I really, <laughs> I really flipped the script on these people so bad. <laughs> they just kind of let me do whatever the fuck I want as long as I don't like. Yeah. Like, wild out. Um, anyway, like, so we're driving down Flatbush. My dad's worked all over New York, like, really all over New York. He's he's crazy, but, like, you know, he's an, he's an Indian immigrant, and, like, all, if there's all these, you know, and he's been came in 78, and all these reasons that he wouldn't romanticize the city the same way that I do. Right. And romanticize the city's past, rather. Uh, and uh, he was, we're driving that section of Flatbush, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, I remember this street. I used to work over there. Yeah, it used to be very, very dangerous. And, I, and you know... He's just saying, like, matter of fact, like, oh, it's so nice. I changed. I was like, oh, it was dangerous. Tell me what is it? What kind of shit? Dangerous, like, empty with it, like, drugs there. And he was like, you know, I just, like, couldn't, like, I didn't want to bother him. But I was like, right, tell me all the right. stories. Did you see him? It's not drugs. Like, what were the prostitutes around? Like, yeah. what kind of, and, like, and, and he has this kind of uh, perspective from so many different neighborhoods in New York. So I just want him to go off on it. And I found, like, a shoebox of old photos, like, of, like, when he was showing people around, like, you know, Manhattan and stuff like that. I'm always so interested in this. It's like, why are you interested in, like, this photo of us in this graffiti-covered subway mm-hmm. train? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know mm-hmm. why I find this so interesting. I guess because it's kind of... Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like, we obviously, like, will never really sort of have it firsthand. Yeah. And so much of the culture that we, like, admire and mm-hmm. enjoy and stuff yeah. like that is just direct, just That's like, drips from that era. Absolutely. And so it's like, you know, it feels right. like just right out of your right. reach, like, damn, like, that New York that sort of made all of this right like, right there. And I know? and it's like, it would complete the circle if right. I had a feeling, like, it would make me feel more like all these things and music and people that I yep. admire come yep. from a thing I don't understand. Yep. Let me understand that. Yep. And then yeah. maybe I won't be such a phony piece of shit <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. I mean, because, like, you know, I grew up in Wyoming where, AK, like, nothing has changed, basically. I mean, right. it has changed a lot, like, you know, from when I grew up there. and right. But it's basically the same place. Right. It's like mm. Cheyenne, Wyoming will continually only have, like, 50,000 people in unless, it. Unless they build and, a like, sports stadium. Yeah. <laughs> That is never going to happen. Or if we like Jay-Z have a nuclear war. Jay-Z is like, I'm building a festival. <laughs> Cheyenne. Like, yeah. um, Yo, that doesn't seem that out of the question at this point. I mean, yeah, yeah what the hell? Like, freeway freeway holler. Yeah, <laughs> um, cowboy hat on with his arms crossed on the side of the stage. <laughs> It's just weird, like, because obviously, like, I grew up being a teenager in Cheyenne, being like, oh my god, I wish I could move to New York, mm. I want to drop out of school mm. and become I guess it could be like, worse. Yeah. No, 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 I'm not even saying it could be <laughs> worse, but it's just, like, so interesting, and so, yeah. like, um, a few weeks ago, I went to um, the home of Jill Cunniff from Luscious Jackson, mm-hmm. and they are... In Park Slope, right? In Park Slope, yeah, like, deep Park Slope, and um, I interviewed her and Gabby from Luscious Jackson. And those guys, like, you know, they're, like, talking about, like, 80s, 
like growing up in the East Village in the mm. 80s and like talking about this shit and it's like it is so easy to be like well first of all like those when I was in high school I was like those girls are the coolest like New York is the coolest thing right. like you know I listened to their music and I was like oh my god they sound awesome and right like, you know and um and they're friends with the Beastie Boys like <laughs> whatever um but then, you know, just, like, hearing them talk about, like, it actually was cooler. Like, they're like, yeah, yeah we were 15. They were like, yeah, in the 80s, we were 15. We would go see Bad Brains every fucking weekend. And every, like, yeah. dude would let us in. And I'm like, it's weird to have this sort of, like, I never experienced it nostalgia for something. Yeah. But then also, like, it's it makes a lot of sense i think because we're at such a weird transition point yeah, yeah, of yeah, the city yeah yeah definitely and i think culturally in general like there's that, that it's just so crazy to imagine a time in which like history was being made every day mm-hmm. and it's like obviously now we live in such a crazy dynamic time where shit changes so quick and stuff like that right. but it's like technology you know, like, yeah of course yeah, but like right. i think like it was so it was so bugged to even um like when mca passed and, yeah. like, all the revisiting of, you know, people just were thrown right back into that place of, like, downtown New York in late 80s, early 90s, like, you know, in that time. And, like, just thinking about the fact that, like, now, you know, what is is history being made now, especially within hip-hop and within music, because we are so eager to have something? Right. Mm. Or because, you know what I mean? Because, it, you know, obviously we weren't there firsthand, but it's, like, when they were, like, just passing around, like, pressings of Cookie Puss, like, it wasn't, like people weren't eagerly documenting it as a moment. Right. right. It was at, like at every years, single yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. years later, it was like, oh shit, that was crazy because like kids were just into it and no one was telling them to be into it. Right. Yeah. So like now... You know, and then we're going to release this cassette like five albums in called Some Old Bullshit. Right. Like stuff that no one actually right. should probably care right. about. Right. Like, <laughs> right. And it know? was before all the like, you know, the tech, tech bubble and like all the ways that you know, European currency was so much more than, you know, because, I mean, there's always been gentrification or whatever, but it really, the, the aughts were a different sort of insanely exponential sort of gentrification. It's much different from the 70s and 80s and 90s, much less gradual. Huh. A lot of foreign investment into, into the city, like both corporations buying, uh, you know, like office buildings mm-hmm. and... European people coming and vacationing and moving here and buying apartments just to hand because yeah. they, they get so so much value for their money and stuff like that. So it was unlike this any This was other mostly time. sort of like... Permanent damage post, was done. Like around 08, like kind of as the, t- as like the housing bubble was happening, uh-huh. you could almost tell because it was like 2006, 2007 was like... New York was like a playground for Europeans. Yeah. Like, Walk around the, and look at what the buildings look like and look at the corporations yeah. of, of like... Types of the restaurants you see in the subways and stuff. Huh. It's not the most difficult thing to like to visualize. Like, how can you feel cool like two blocks from fucking subway sandwich? You know, <laughs> you know like it's not that was cool. my unless, first you're, job. Unless, <laughs> unless you're stealing the sandwich. Unless you're stealing right. subway sandwich. Yeah. That was my first job. Yeah. I worked at Subway for three years starting really? when I was 15. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> how did you what else was I going to do uh, at the Sunshine Way? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah I mean, sense. I could have done other stuff probably, but like Subway was like funny, the lesser of most evils. Just you talking about the corner of Cheyenne, because before we started the podcast, we were talking about like the idea of people saying like, yo, I ride for my city. And it's kind of like you're kind of jocking your city in lieu of having an interesting personality. Right, 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 right. But then at the same especially time. in New York, yeah. Yeah, especially. And, so, and then right, so many people yeah. come to New York and then own it like. Now I finally have a personality because right. I'm a New Yorker. You know right. what I mean? like, yeah, yeah. What does that mean? Ten yeah. million people, you know, uh, some Guyanese guy in Richmond Hills. This is New York. We both probably ride for a city. What the right. fuck does that mean when you think about that? But then at the same time, like I like when when like Julian was talking about in China. I was like, oh yeah, what the fuck? Because I <laughs> constantly fed on the city and it's fast and like just being on the street where shit happens is cool. You know, going downtown for the first time when. I, I'm from Queens, but I started going to high school in Stuyvesant, so like, especially when I stopped going to high school, but would still take the train to the city, I'd be like, oh shit, I'm gonna fucking walk around aimlessly all day. Mm. And that was the beginning of this, my life. This is essentially when I was 16 <laughs> years old, and I was, and I was mad are. high. Yeah, I was mad <laughs> high, and I was like, I'm not gonna walk that way towards Chambers. I'm just gonna fucking walk up this way towards West Fort. That was the beginning. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Remember my first time being on the the the, num- the letter avenues and stuff like that? I right, read about right, it right. and I was like, yo, right. don't look too Ex- bad exploring, here. Exploring the city and yeah. like different names and like 
having friends in different neighborhoods, right? Just expanding your reach, learning the yeah. subway. It's all like very formative. And even like here. talking about like, man, it sucks how shit changed. Feels really good in this weird way because you're you're like putting you're like marking your time, you know, in the city huh. or whatever by talking about how it's changed and reasserting your like ownership of it or something, some right. stupid right. thing. Right. But see, the difference is like, I mean, like I moved here in '04, which is longer than I've ever lived anywhere but Wyoming, um, but and it's changed. Yeah, it was a little baby. Couldn't leave. No, no, I'm. What, but what I'm saying is, like, it actually. Maybe the difference is that, like, even since I've lived here, I think maybe the change has been accelerated a lot. Definitely. Like, it post 9 11 or whatever. Because even when I moved here in 04, it's changed. Like, like all neighborhoods have changed. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, especially Manhattan, which is, like, a fucking, like, a single monolithic condo from mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. fucking like mm-hmm. Houston up to like 80th or something you more, know more, I'm more higher than that yeah right I'm mm-hmm. far, I've heard I used to the Morningside Heights I haven't been back there in a little bit but it's Columbia R.I.P. but um <laughs> no I don't know but I don't know yeah I just can't even I can't imagine growing up here and just being like mm-hmm. I think that's why New York rap is in such a crazy dynamic exciting but also unfamiliar and like really like just strange place because the city just like you know we've been saying this whole time like there's no real sense of like what the city is right now Mm -hmm. so you know i think we have like a lot of like dope artists coming out of new york and a lot of like artists that are just like okay we have to like figure out how to like accept you and like fit you know what i mean and like and, and fit you into this thing that we understand or, or expand our understanding of what New York is to right. accommodate for what you represent. You know what right. I mean? I think you guys, like DR, were very much like one of the early videos like, okay, like this is New York too. This right. is not how we're used to seeing it or talking right. about it or hearing it, but like you can't right. deny it. You know what I'm saying? And it's right. funny, and like I, I like to say this, like we started out, now there's there's this like sort of New York underground scene that they're trying right. to posit. Right. You know, uh, you know, Action, X, Y, that's about LP, kind of like the old rap dad of that thing. <laughs> uh-huh. we, shout out to LP shout, rap shout dad but when we uh, when we when we started kind of doing shit there, that wasn't there so we were kind of fumbling around or whatever mm-hmm. and trying to like figure out what it was and mm-hmm. like seeing you know and now it's a little easier to talk about New York even four years later because it, it's easier for people to place in context of these other artists right, and right. stuff for like so that. long New York was like uh, like really? Jadakiss mixtapes. Yo, yeah. yeah. Like, like, and number like, like motherfuckers like Papoose and, like, Papoos and yeah, Nano were yeah, trying to yeah, do it. And yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, I don't even like, want to be yeah, part of so this. Long, like, it was like, this just really Send me to Atlanta. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to fucking deal with this. You guys remember Blow that? Even though I was like, even though I thought Papoose was nice as fuck because I was just like, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, he said, he's got the five burrows in the palm of his hand. Like, you know, this is like Cassidy and like Punchline. You know what I mean? Which was a real thing if you grew up lyrically understanding rap yeah. like that punchline rap era was like yeah. what I even like, 50 I who i hated when he came out in you know, to oh, you oh, hated when he came out i didn't out? like 50 when no, he, chill, I, I, bro nah i mean you I, mean to like be honest as, i was never that power, like a pop that power the like pop, pre- i never thought you know what i never even heard i don't know, I never His, really heard that power of the dollar shit like mm-hmm. no i heard it now i'm saying when it came out mm-hmm. yeah and people are you from queens and i was like yo like what, what was I fucking going to Jamaica Queens all the time? You know, they're like, like, I'm not like, I didn't get, I never heard any of that shit at that right. time. But I mean, like, oh, too, like when he was like shady aftermath mm-hmm. or whatever. And I was like, oh man, like, fuck this shit. This guy sucks or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then I remember like five years ago or something, I was thinking of that. And I was like, man, I missed that shit. That seems a world away. Yep. Now. It's a little yeah, different because some lyricism yeah. coming back or whatever, but. Two, three years ago, I was like, man, what a consummate rapper 50 Cent was. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about He was like a hardcore rapper. And yeah. He's in the vein, he's just a hardcore rapper. Like, the, that wasn't around. The first 50 Cent record I, I ever heard was on High 97 when he was doing the remakes of like the, the popular songs that were out already, ready for his mixtape shit. And it was the... He redid "Love You Better" by LL Cool J. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Yeah, after Mike Shatter," and I was just like, and went <laughs> oh and like his car, and I'm like, "Oh, this is crazy! <laughs> yeah, like, this is nuts! Like this thing is the shit! Like he's hilarious!" <laughs> and then fucking um, like my older cousin had like all the like G Unit radio mixtapes, like yeah. just yeah. like digging into it. And under like being oh, like, oh, this is really happening. How does Steve Ruff got that shit? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 Rob. Yeah, exactly. Rob, like yeah. all that early. Oh yeah, stuff I was like, that. that dude's mad. Fun. It was nuts. Yeah, 
Yeah. I remember I, there was a there's a there's a April twentieth and April two thousand five issue of Spin that's been in my parents' upstairs bathroom for seven years now. So <laughs> every time, yo, no, it's not funny. So every time, literally every time. I've been taking a shit in my parents' crib for seven years. I read the same issue of Spin with Interpol on the cover. And, <laughs> and there's a 50 Cent interview when a lollipop came out. So I've read wow. this three, four, four hundred times. I read this interview with 50 Cent where he's talking about, like, don't you think it's really this, like, song about lollipop by, uh, you know, that actually suggests a song or whatever. I don't know. It's, I don't know exactly how they worded it. Uh, and then he was like, nah, because when kids hear it, they think I'm talking about a lollipop. And they're like... You've you know gone on the record and said you don't drink or smoke weed and he's like no I don't like I don't like to do some drugs like but you talk about smoking weed you know in your songs or you think that's disingenuous or he's like nah like you know you have to do with sales like I did the market research people smoke weed so I talk about smoking I weed I did the market research yeah and it's like no it's just like that I'm like but you're lying and that's <laughs> corny and weird Fifty Cent like can I, can I also say you're that, lying yeah that must be like a crazy sort of like Groundhog Day kind of experience to like oh. read the same story take oh in my yeah, fucking totally. Indian yeah, in the same parents place, house the same, like, saying the really same like, shit yeah, to that me must be like, eating the same dog <laughs> having the same fucking that arguments is, yeah. that must be pretty I love pretty that now. Yeah. I didn't like it in 2005 when I was 20 now mm-hmm. I'm like ah you guys are exactly the same in this crazy world <laughs> Yeah, yeah I'm gonna hang out here for five hours before I want to blow my brains out. Yeah. Uh, so as like kind of as I mentioned off cam before, like you're one of um, you're one of my favorite young writers, I appreciate and that. I'm, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you existing. Wow. Um, you heard that, internet? <laughs> yes. I matter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but so what's matter. like? Um, what are your What are your aspirations? Like, what do you think that you want to do? Like, because uh, you're you're still kind of on the come up, but I feel like you are getting like a real solid hold, or you have been. Well, yeah, um, I mean, I definitely am, in my opinion, like still like very much like on the come up and like just figuring stuff out. I think. Um, How do you get gigs? Is right. I, I'm not particularly sure. Well, like editors will email you. Well, I think. Well, what like really? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've found writing and like music writing to be one of the most like merit-based like job for industries or whatever that like i've ever encountered like, like it's, it's literally just been like yeah yeah, yeah it's really yeah. just every connection that i've made everyone that i've met everyone that has done something for me or done a favor for me or offered me a gig has really just been on some like you know how to write about shit well yeah i enjoy reading it so xyz you know what i mean it's never been like hookups and things like that so that's been really that's sort of been really fulfilling um I think you can't benzino your way into it. Yeah, yeah. There's no sort of like, there's no bullshit. (laughs) I feel like, but um, but yeah. So, I mean, obviously, like, I got, I was, I was initially looking for internships, and that sort of turned into some like, and then I was like sending clips out of stuff that I had personally written, and then that's turned into some opportunities, and then that ultimately is how I started contributing at Rolling Stone, and so now I'm just like. I very like I sort of like I jokingly say, but also like seriously, like I kind of got in the game to be like a talking head in VH1, sort of like special rock docs or whatever. Uh, yeah, like, I always yeah. looked at that. I and love, was just like I love 2005. Yeah, yeah exactly that. Yeah. Like exactly <laughs> that. Like I love the 90s and all that yeah. shit. Like, Yo, to be honest, like, that's funny because like as a band started in and I was like, who am I? What do I do? I was like, man, I think that I should try to aim to land on I Love 2005 <laughs> to show Cannibala, like, you know, my little uh, pithy little comment. It seems like, like a know. very comfortable place to be, like yeah. fun and like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, but yeah, so whatever career. I mean, I mean, I'd say I hope you do some like better shit. Yeah, I mean, some other yeah. shit. That, I know, too. right? That's, 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 that's right. That's once I do that, you know, I'm yeah. good. You would be my have to aim higher. But but no, like in, in all seriousness, I think in all seriousness, I think mm-hmm. that um, a lot of the stuff that we talked about, you know, even tonight, like there's a lot of things that I want to speak on on a public on a public forum that like aren't necessarily just about music, mm-hmm. but like I feel like I've had like such crazy such a crazy experience. And, like, encountered so many different things, like, growing up where I grew up and then going to school and then, like, being as close to hip-hop as I have and, Uh like, meeting people so many different... You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I look at, like, 
someone like obviously like you know we talked about but i looked at someone like john carmonica at the times yeah. who can just sort of like at this point in his career just write about whatever he wants and like have like a really sort of definitive statement on it and like that uh, you know i like between him and Torre, even though like obviously Torre can be like an ass in, in, in some ways but like mm-hmm. you know like as a writer like you can't really like question what he's done you know and so like i look at those two guys as like yeah like that's something like what I would, but then right. it's also like, how could you possibly plan for what your career as a writer will look like in any time in the future, as crazy as it is right now to try to even be a writer, right. you know what I mean? Like so, you're still in school. And stuff, yeah, so. yeah. And even but, just how the industry, like, you know, how like right. magazines and stuff are in general now, it's like, I don't know, so. Still, no, still I think that's great though, because you, you really have to have a vision of where you want to be. Like, even like on some of the secret shit where you're like, all right, like this is like. One of the secret worms its way into these fucking. Podcasts I know. I've, fucking <laughs> I've never even read it, honestly. I, I once again, once again, the only thing I really know about the secret is what LMFAO taught me. So mm. <laughs> that's all you need. <laughs> Take that all with a grain of salt. Yeah, but anyway, um, no. Who are like, now like billionaires? Who are billionaires? So like, listen right. to those yeah. motherfuckers. But like. No, I mean, I think it's really important to, like, visualize, like, where you want to be. And, like, I mean, I'm still, like, I've been doing this for, like, a fucking bazillion years. And um, I think it, it, I'm still sort of figuring that out. So to have such, at least, like, a clear goal, you know, I think um, it was really fun. And you kind of just beasted your way in. You didn't go to school. I didn't go to school. I beasted my way in. Like, I, like... I mean, I had a blog in 2004, and Back like, oh, yeah. oh shit, yes, and um, and I was writing in Portland. I was the editor of um, or the arts editor of the Portland Mercury, and like, but no one knew. That's the big independent. That's the Village Voice owned one. No, no. that's the Stranger owned one. Okay. It's like the weekly yeah, I in, in Portland. Right. But um, so it was the arts editor there, but no one knew that. Like, no one, like, because it was just like 2004, and I was like, Portland, no one gave a shit about Portland. But then when I started my blog, it was mm. like, oh shit, like, people kind of know about my blog, because also no one was really blogging, like, away. There were, like, a very few people oh. blogging in a way. That was, uh, that really was like, to, it was like a me and Jessica Hopper and Sasha Fair Jones and, like, Kara Monica had a, a short-lived blog on my platform. Shout out to Broken Language. Uh, hmm. He he. Kara Monica got some nice sneakers, man. I've seen a, lot of, <laughs> I've seen a couple times the last few months, like in person and shit. Yeah, he'll like bust out a, a nice pair of threes every once in a while, <laughs> just like touchdown. You know, yeah. that's funny. <laughs> man, me and Kara Monica. That man's to, a real press. Me and Kara Monica used to get have a real easy rapport. And just joke around. The last few times I've seen, like, we see each other, like, ah, we give each other the hearty pound. And then we'll both be the like, hearty pound. Hearty pound. Hearty. Yeah. Okay. Give each other, like, a mad, intricate, multi layered hand shake. No, uh, I just give up. These things are very important between males. Yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah. like, I completely get what you're right, saying. Right, right. And then, and then it's just like, oh, nah, I got nothing to say to you, man. Like, and it's like, I don't know what to say to you either. So it's just like, ah, and then we just try to find a friend on opposite corners of the room or whatever. Or I may be making this all up in my head because I don't hang out anymore and freaked out by people. <laughs> That's yeah. my take on writing. <laughs> the, we dap, have... the dap is very important. How did I get the nickname dap? Well, uh, I don't know. I, it's, it's from the seventh grade. It's vaguely screen name related. <laughs> I, I, really don't, I don't have any idea. Related. I'm really not even lying. I can't, I can't recall how I got it, but I'm really happy I have it because it's like not a bad one. But there's a little dad from Group Home. Right, Who's right, like, right. friend, like, kind of, like, knows some people that I know, too. So if I ever run And he recorded it live in the studio. Oh, shit. A couple of times. Wonderful. So I might I run know into someone... a little dad one day, and then that, the world will should get a fall feature, into a yeah. black hole. You should get a feature. I would. I fucking yeah. love Group Home. I love those motherfuckers. Yeah. Yo, brother, what's up? Actually, meet me. I brought my hand, Josh. R.I.P. Guru, yeah. Yeah, right. But yeah, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have any nicknames? Yeah, actually, I was gonna uh, say, like, do you have any like screen I used names? To, yeah, I mean, I used to be like, in, like coming out of like middle school and shit. My boys used to call me Thiz because my screen name was Math Thizzle. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then so that, that like got so shout to like my boy Menelik and my boy Cardi like like that that was like amongst my like New York crew. And That's shit. funny because Dad Menelik was my lot my full version of my nickname. Really? Yeah. 
all jokes aside, like really, yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> but um, but now nah, yeah. So then and then that. So like my Twitter name was like it's this for a while, and then I was like, all right, like now that I'm starting to become a writer and shit, and people who don't know me personally know like know me online and shit. None of them know what the fuck this means. Yeah, you so don't want to color yeah. people's excitation. Yeah, so I might as well just shit. and then and then like you know like my last name is sort of like. People, you know, like it's a good name. Man. There's a million people named Matthew, you know. So it's I'm a like, good right, last name. We point name. people towards Strong my last, last name, name, and like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's so. also like Hemo was always saying this. He's like, "Fuck," and Vic's always like, "Fuck, man." If I knew it was gonna be like this, I would have just been Victor Vasquez. And he was like, he was always just trying to be like, "He's not. I'm not him anymore." It's a monster. And it's like, son, you can't just have everyone you know start calling you what you want them to call you, which right, is some given right, point. Right. But he tried to make the. He, he finally reverted back. Was like, "I'm stop." But he made the hard push to go. Could it be Hamanshu? Change his Twitter name and make his rap name Hamanshu. But I fucked up, but then it'd be good. Because when I was ID3 tagging Nero Jackets, it's, it's so long. <laughs> I accidentally made it Heems instead of Hamanshu. And he's like, well, now I have to be Heems. Wow. So I'm like, good. Rap, rap names. Ego made A bunch of fucking ego <laughs> oh The whole lot. The whole lot of them. <laughs> Wait, can we go back to the other screen names? Because, so listen, like, I, obviously, being an old ass person, um, I didn't really, like, I have very, like, sort of fairly cognizant and, like, coherent uh, screen names. But um, my friend Jamie, our friend Jamie. Mm, Jamie, um, Jamie G. Jamie G. So, uh, Jamie G's AOL screen name uh, that he created in sixth grade mm -hmm. is totally, but he spelled it um, T-O-T-T-A-L-Y. Wait, no. Yeah, yeah. Spelled, like, it's like spelled really weird, and I yeah. think it's hilarious That's because hilarious. he could never change it. So he's just like, yeah. oh, I spelled this wrong, and now this is me. Like, right. Um, did that ever happen to either of you? Uh, miss um, no. I mean, I was Indo Man. Just like anything embarrassing. I was Indo Man X. So it's not embarrassing because <laughs> I actually kind of was the man more than now. I feel than uh, than than my current day. That was kind of the sense. I was Indo Man X, like like Dark Man X for a while. And I had a very, I had an early proto blog in 98 uh, that was AK, a show kind of below AK as IMX was the name of the blog. And I'd be like, I got this new Cuban link chain or like, you know, uh, the, I had a section, I hate the MTA, I hate Cameron Mannheim. So and I'd go on these little rants and it was a proto blog. There weren't any of the blogging uh, platforms like uh, WordPress or Blogspot or whatever. So it was just me doing HTML and doing like and writing the date and going on little rants when I was like thirteen or fourteen. Wow! So I was this is where Dab claims that he invented blogging. Yeah, yeah. I didn't say I didn't, I didn't say with yeah. I invented blogging like I normally do because I think people are getting sick of it. But I, I, <laughs> it is what it is. The proof is out there. Yeah. Wow. I stood up. If you can't see this video, but I stood up. Yeah. Conviction right now. You've been orating it got, from, it got from real, the floor. Yeah. Real serious right now. <laughs> you have any shout outs? Mm. To yourself and your Self, future work or future anything work coming out that we, we should know about that you're oh, excited about? Oh, um, you would think so. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so shit like, you want to go see anything. Well, I mean, Shout, okay, well, yeah, I mean, shout my boys and uh, phony people. They they have, like, a bunch of dope yes. shit coming down the line. Like, I, you know, I do a bunch of stuff with them. Um, they're, like, a dope crew out of Best Side, if you haven't heard of them. Um, yeah, I was going to check that out and play the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have, they have, they have a show July uh, 24th at SOBs, which cool. is, like, kind of far down the line. They just Shouts did the museum for the Keith Haring exhibit, so shout to them. Cool. Um, writing stuff, like, my, like, hopefully my name is going to be, like, Popping up in a few more places. Right. I guess. I've been talking to Mara at The Voice. Yeah, Mara's so, cool. Yeah, and like, you know, she, like, she, she, like, it seems pretty good. So, like, hopefully some will come out. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of what I got. I'm still just like trudging through the summer, basically, you know? Yeah. You gotta uh, do some dumb shit. You're fucking like, what, 29 years old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah. trying to do some dumb shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably been, been doing a lot of dumb shit, like, for the past few days since, since, since school ended. It's been yeah. more dumb shit than work. Yeah. <laughs> You're seriously so, only 21, though? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Fuck this guy. I'm so right? lost <laughs> in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I was knee-deep yeah. in a pile of God knows what. Oh, my God. <laughs> years old, to be honest with you. So. Yeah, it's I don't even Congrats remember. already. Yeah, dude. <laughs> shout nah, out. but that's what I mean. Yeah. That's why I said earlier, like, it's always weird talking about stuff, like... 
that dates how young I am. Right. Because people are always like, wow, you're so fucking young. And then I'm like, well, you know, I'm so... I'm, I, don't, I don't know. No, no, it's not that you're so fucking young. It's like you're so, like... I think I was a hot mess when I was Yo, 21, I, and your shit is so together that I, I respect like, I, you. Like, you got a wide ranging knowledge of shit. Like, yeah. I was just talking about, like, 20 things that I wouldn't expect. I would never expect a 21-year-old to know about. Even, like, rap heads and shit. Like, I'm like, oh, this kid probably doesn't know what this is if you not say this. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm pretty brilliant. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's pretty much the sort of... The underlying, nah, 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 I'm kidding. But yo, like, thanks you, thank, thank you guys yeah. for even, like bringing me out. Like I said, I, I, like, yeah. it's crazy. Like I like mentioned to both of you before, but like shout and they catch dubs. Like my like one of my first gigs was like interning at Fool's Gold, like folding T-shirts and shit before it was like even a storefront and shit. So it was crazy to like follow. I was like, how the fuck am I gonna follow and they catch dubs and shit? Right. Like, you know what I mean? So like, but but yeah, trying to we're trying to get Greedhead up to that level. Where is he? Yo, hell yeah, shout Greedhead, shout him, yeah. shout Mike Finito. Yeah, peace to Mike. Yeah, we were just talking about how nice, nice as fuck you are. But, <laughs> oh with that, God. we're gonna close out <laughs> Chit to Chat to episode five with Matthew Trammell, not Trammell. Get it right. Boop, 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 boop.